for as long as I could remember, conversations have always been a way to transfer wisdom. Whether it's generationally, whether it's from your peers, or even your loved ones. Conversations is the way that I see us moving the needle forward with textured hair care. It's our sacred space to share all the nuances and explore the multiverse of texture here. This is Hair Talk with Shamilia B. Alright guys, welcome back to Hair Talk with Shamilia B. So happy to have you guys back for our next episode. And today we have the amazing Kay Kristen. What do you prefer me to call it? Because I call you Kiki, so what should I call you? Kay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So today we're sitting and again, we're exploring here from the perspective of education and just the evolution of who is the person sitting behind your chair. So, okay, I like to start each episode with figuring out like your ethnic mix up. So what is your mom mixed with and what is your dad mixed with? Okay, so my mom is Bahamian. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is Puerto Rican Italian. Mm-hmm. So. That is just my ethnicity and the whole. What does those textures look like? What is your mom Bohemian mom texture? Um, my mom's texture is probably I would say like a probably like a four B okay or whatever. Okay. Um, and then on my dad's side is probably like a four A okay type of situation. Oh, like you were close. Yeah. Yeah. Mom. How much siblings do you guys like? Do you have? Um, on my mom's side, I have three. Um, I have an older brother and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, on my dad's side, I also have three. I have a oldest brother and a younger brother. Okay. And tell me everybody's hair texture. How does it look? Okay, so I would say, can I pull up the hair texture? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I get this. We estimate because you don't have to be. So describe it for me. So we know that one is straight. Two is wave, well, two is like wavy, three mm-hmm. is like curly, and then four is like coily, which is more like okay. closer to the tightest texture. So I would say my mom, my mom's hair mm-hmm. is probably like a three. Okay. Three um, my sister's hair is like a little bit more coilier. Okay. Um, because she's not really mixed with the Puerto Rican. So her okay. dad is full of the hanging. Okay. Bahamian. So hers is like a little bit more coily or tighter okay. curl. Um, my brother's hair is kind of loose, okay. loose curls. So I would say probably like a, still a three. But yeah. Like very loose. My dad's hair is probably really wavy. So I'd say like a two mm-hmm. if he lets it grow out. And then my little brother, he has the same hair texture as me, which I would say probably like, I would say like a three. Okay. Really? So definitely in that household, um, were you guys all using the same products growing up or did you guys specify? Because I know in my household, um, between me and my two other sisters, because I grew up with was three of us, we have three different hair textures, but my mom used the same products on all of us. Because <laughs> she was not, she was like, listen, I buy the big bottles of everything and that is what I used. What was your experience? Um, my brother of course he's like two years older than me um so she grew his hair out so like he was probably like four or five years old okay um so when i came along i was probably like two when she started like really using products so we use kind of similar hair products like grease yeah grease is the number one thing we always use we didn't use no cantu no leave-in conditioners no none of that grease Grease and water. What is the, the grease called? Blue magic? Blue magic. Blue magic. <laughs> That's what she is. Grease and oils. <laughs> okay, so, and your sister. My sister, mm-hmm. we're seven years apart. So by the time she started doing her hair, she had stopped doing my hair. So I had totally started doing my own hair myself. Mm-hmm. So then I started leaving like leave-in conditions okay. and stuff. Totally veered away from Grease. Okay. That Grease Monster is killing me. Okay? Grease Monster is killing me. So, okay, progression. So, mom did your hair, was using Grease. What was the hairstyles like back then? Um, the two little pigtails, puffy. She never did my hair to show my real texture of hair. Let's okay. start there. So, you know, like when you wet your hair, yeah. you can actually see the curl. Yeah. I never had like curly 
hairstyles like that. It was yeah. always blow dry right. or plaiting it up yeah. um, or twisting it up, but like after a blow dry. Yeah. So she used to do like little puffy ponytails with the knockers or like some braids and some poofiness. So I never really wore my real hair yeah. texture, yeah. my hair texture, basically. And then you're into junior and high school now. What are you doing? What are you playing with in terms of um, so when I went to middle school and high school, um, I started being around more people who like, I went to school in Broward, so I primarily went to a more Caucasian school. Mm -hmm. So when I started going to school in Dade County, mm -hmm. I started being around a lot of mixed people and I started seeing how the Spanish girls wear their hair curly. Yeah. And you know, like how they're straightening their hair. So yeah. that's why I wanted to start doing my own hair. Yeah. So I started using leave-in conditioning so I can actually see my texture. <laughs> and I shortly found out probably after the first like three, four weeks of trying to wear my real natural hair without just putting anything other than leave-in condition that I cannot do that with my hair. Cause my hair absorbs the humidity outside. Yeah. So I'll leave the house with a nice wash and go. And as soon as I'm outside for five seconds, I look like a troll. Like my hair, you don't see not one curl pattern or nothing. You just see, look like I got electrocuted. <laughs> it just did not work out. It did not work out. So what did you go into next? What did you progress into? I started wearing weave. Because mm -hmm. then... I, I never wore weave in my hair until probably like late middle school. And this was two lengths? No. So I started off with braids. Okay. Like just braids or whatever. Um, so that was like just my protective hairstyle that I would just wear like consistently. Like as soon as I take it out, I'm putting some back mm -hmm. in. Were you moisturizing or doing anything in between? I was probably putting like oils on my scalp as I had the protective hairstyles when I would take it out for probably like a day or two just put my hair in that puff yeah and go because I felt like the puff just was always like a go-to because my hair was going to end up looking like that anyway <laughs> so I should have just embraced it <laughs> and that's what I did and then yeah then when I got into high school right um I still wore protective hairstyles for probably like the first two years of high school okay. Um, which were the braids and like twists had came out. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, she was like, hey, let me, you know, get you some weave, some bundle. Okay, let me get you together. <laughs> As somebody who didn't know nothing about how to take care of weave and bundles, it was a rat's nest on my head. Okay, I really... What did you do or not do? Okay, so... I didn't get a traditional sewing okay. where it's like where you know they sew it in and you have like that one piece out in the front or whatever. My mom thought it was a great idea to get a versatile sewing. So basically like what 70% of your hair is out, 30% yeah. is some bundles. Yeah. With the textured hair I have <laughs> mixed with them straight bundles, it was not gonna work. Because at that point I knew how to flat iron my hair. I used to always sell my mom's hot tools so I was very good with hot tools. Yeah. It's just that like I was natural, so I didn't really want to put heat on my hair. Yeah. So I just felt like, you know, like maybe if I just blow dry it all together to go, didn't work. And then on top of that, I was a student athlete. So it was just a restless one. <laughs> it's a restless one. Okay, so then you, you got into wigs. How did you transition? Because pre-going to hair school, you were already having your own business happening. So tell me, how did you get into doing hair for others? Um, so I always dipped and dabbed in hair or whatever when I was younger. I used to sell my mom's hot tools and stuff and my mom always wore weave. Okay. It's just she didn't let her kids wear it. So you got you. So I used to practice on her like bundles or whatever. Um, which kinda gave me the practice for the hot tools, but I didn't necessarily know really about weave mm -hmm. until I left to go to college. Mm -hmm. So even in high school like after that one sewing, I had got like traditional sewings and I was good, but I didn't start wearing wigs until college, Okay, which was around 2018 or so. Um, went to Tallahassee for college, shout out Seminoles. But um, yeah, it came to a point where I was, I didn't live on campus and I was responsible for all my finances yeah. as a regular college student. 
And then you meet all these people from everywhere. You meet people from Atlanta and who knows about these things. So I made friends with this girl um, who's from Georgia and she knew a lot about wigs. She actually was making wigs at the time, like from her from her apartment. Yeah. So as I continued to hang out with her, I kind of like watched her, how she made the wigs or whatever. And I was like, maybe I could get into that. Like I like doing hair because yeah. even though she would make the wigs, she would have me style yeah. for her. Cause I was so good with hot tools. Um, so after that, like, I was like, you know what? Like, I really want to get a wig, but like, they're trying to charge $400 for a wig. Like, what can I do? So I started off with cheap hair store bundles, not like the $20, you know, Kankalon bundles. Like I bought like at least like, what is it? Organic or something of that sort. And I just constructed a wig from a wig cap. All I had was uh, one of those heads, put the wig cap on there with a sewer thread. And I hand sewed a wig together, and then after that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, like this, this changed my life." Yeah. Like, <laughs> I learned on YouTube. Yeah. I learned watching her a little bit, but then I learned majority of it on YouTube. Yeah. Um. So then after that, I started rocking my own wigs, and my friends who I had at the time, they were like, "Oh my gosh, like can you make me a wig?" And can you do that? So then I started seeing like, okay, the need for people around me that want to buy this hair and wants to get involved so I'm like let me just make like a few wigs and see if like they sell mm -hmm. or whatever so I made probably like three four wigs in my apartment and then you know like I just told people like hey I'm selling this wig off of here right I didn't charge a lot of money because I knew that the wigs that I was making were not could possibly not be 100% human hair because right. I was buying these bundles from the hair store right so they were probably like half synthetic blended they, yeah they were like what $85 wig <laughs> okay <laughs> So, once people started buying them, I was like, oh yeah, like I can get into it. So I was first making wigs, yeah. custom wigs, and I was like, you know what, like let me learn how to install these wigs. Mm -hmm. um, at the time I had a friend who um, I went to high school with who used to teach me about hair in high school, but mm -hmm. she moved to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. She was actually doing hair. Okay. So she knew how to install wigs and do braids and stuff like that. So she kind of taught me how to install the wigs mm -hmm. and I took what she taught me and I applied it to, you know, um, the people I was around in Tallahassee. Um, I was not a very good braider. So braiding was always like my weakness. <laughs> it's like a completely different skill. It's a completely yeah. different skill, but you have to learn how to do it. If you're going to be a star, sure at least the basics, <laughs> how to do a cornwall. Don't have to be tight, <laughs> but as long as it's flat yeah. is the key. And then after she taught me um, and I started doing it, as time got by, I started seeing like my evolution of like doing the wigs and installing them. Mm -hmm. They got better with time. Like, like every install. With yeah. every install, like, cause then you realize what products works for the yeah. install. Um, how can you do it like effortlessly? How, effortlessly? How can you cut the time? Cause everything is about money. So after that, more practice came in. And then more people started coming yeah. in because in Tallahassee, it's a college town. So when you're doing hair or whatever, especially when you're up and coming and you're giving out these cheap prices, like, hey, I'm doing $50 wig install. Yeah. You're, listen, out of three campuses yeah. you have around you, TCC, FSU, FAMU, somebody out of three campuses <laughs> is going to grab that deal because they got the $50. They don't yeah. got $120 for, for the professional wig install. Yeah. But somebody's gonna pay you that fifty dollars, and then fortunately, I was a part of a few promotion groups with a lot more girls, so I could have branded myself yeah. to like a vast, you know, vast amount of students. So yeah, and then from there, I just kept going, and then I had family in Atlanta. I was branding myself up there, so then I was grabbing clients from Atlanta, and of course, I'm from Miami. So when I decided, like, hey, I was done with school. Mm -hmm. Because um, at some point during my schooling, I started making more money doing hair mm -hmm. versus going to school. So I made the decision to just leave school and just really focus on hair. Mm -hmm. When I moved back down here to Miami, it was kind of rough for me because I didn't start off in Miami doing hair. So you have to build a whole new client. I have to build a whole new yeah. client. People knew me in Miami, but they didn't know me for hair. doing hair. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So it was rough for me when I first came down here because like I'm sitting here like trying to text people like yeah I'm doing hair today like you want to get your hair done yeah. and then of course they see 
the Instagram, they see my portfolio or whatever, but they're still not grabbing. So then probably like within like the first month or two, I didn't really have too many clients. And then I got a job at AT (laughs) AT&T at a call center. (laughs) And then it's like, yeah, clients started coming out over because then now I'm meeting more people. Mm -hmm. And then I just shifted from job to job. And then the more people I met, like in the career I was working in, the more clients I would get because now I'm meeting more people and you know, yeah, I know works out for the better. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh my gosh. So you're doing here, you're making money, up and coming clientele. What made you decide to go into here school? Um, what made me decide that I wanted to go to hair school um, is because, like I said, I have textured hair and me personally, I don't know how to take care of my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never taught properly, like, hey, these are the products that you need to use for your hair Mm -hmm. and to make it, you know, look the way that I envision it in my, in my mind all the time. So I was like, if I'm doing other people's hair and the hair that I'm doing is just with wigs, I'm working with extensions. So you, I really don't have to educate anybody on how to really take care of them other than don't do this, don't do that. And then X, Y, Z. Yeah. I'm like, I could just imagine as like my client. And they're really curious about their hair and they're like, hey, like, do you know people with my hair type? Like, how could I take care of my hair under my wig? And then I would just go blank, like, use some water. (laughs) Use a water and a brush and, you know, maybe some edge control every now and then, you know, slick the baby hair. I didn't really have an answer for them because I didn't have an answer for myself. (laughs) So then I was like, you know what, like, I want to learn more about hair so that I can educate other people on how to do their hair, whether they're getting a wig service. I can at least look at their hair and be like, hey, like, it, are you interested in, like, growing your hair? This is what you can do for your hair. Like, just give me a little bit more background as well as teach myself yeah. as I'm going along with this process in school. Like, how can I better take care of my hair and get a better understanding? And then on top of that, like, I'm doing hair now. So, of course, I need a license. So, yeah. Gotta there go you go. For that. <laughs> there you go. So... What was your expectations of going into beauty school? And then I want you to tell me your experience. So what was the expectations before you went in? What did you think it was going to be? What do you think it was going to learn? Um, my expectations was honestly to just really learn about like how to cut hair. Mm-hmm. I thought like just like simple stuff where you think of like, you think of beauty school, like, oh yeah, they're going to teach me how to cut hair, color hair. And, you know, just the foundational stuff and then, you know, I'm done. So my experience so far, it has been a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely learning that it's just more than just, you know, picking up some scissors and cutting some hair. It's a <laughs> lot of technical things that goes into doing hair. Talk about Your body, <laughs> body position, with that you fold the scissors. Oh my gosh. The elevation, the graduation, the angle, it's, it's a lot. And then don't get me started with color, because then we're back in biology class. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard about the color wheel since like elementary school, and now I'm relearning about the color wheel, and it's like, I know about the rainbow. I know about the color wheel. I didn't know, okay. Yeah, so it's definitely eye-opening yeah. to know that it's just more than just what's what's on the surface. Yeah. It's really a lot of work that you got to do and a lot of things that you have to remember because what could work for my hair might not necessarily work for yours or for anybody else's. So you have to tweak things up depending on the person. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought like that mm-hmm. before hair school because I'm doing extensions. Yeah. I don't really have to think about your hair too much other than braiding it down. <laughs> braiding it down. <laughs> like, I never really thought that far into it. Yeah. So it's been a great experience so far. Nice. Um, how do you feel about texture here, like in terms of the curriculum? Like, What did you want to, are you learning as much as you want to learn? Is there more of what you want to learn? What do you want in terms of texture here education? Um, I really feel like there is a lack of true education for texture hair. In what way? Um, in a way that, you know, like, 
I feel like in hair school that they teach you more about fine hair and wavy hair, but they don't really teach you like about coily hair or people who have truly textured hair, mm-hmm. like you and I. And I feel like uh, people don't know, like they don't know how to really take care of our hair or what will work best. Other than, you know, like what products they can use to straighten it. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah, basically. But, so I really see that there is a lack of education for that. Not a lot of people know how to take care of textured hair. And um, what was the question? <laughs> what What did you want to learn more about in textured hair in school? What, did you, what do you want to learn more of? I want to learn more protective styles mm-hmm. for textured hair other than washing goes and you know leave-in conditioners that you can do because there's a lot of things that you can do to texture hair that you can't do to fine and wavy hair mm-hmm. um there's more than just you know twisting mm-hmm. and plaiting hair as a protective hairstyle for textured hair mm-hmm. um i would have loved to learn about how to you know the rods and stuff like yeah, that the rods. Like the perm rods and stuff um and just basically like more treatments for textured hair because i see the difference of you know like a regular salon that you can really tell that you know their demographic really just dedicates to you know like other hairs other than texture yeah versus like if i were to go to like a dominican salon and they know yeah they know how to do some textured hair whether you want to do a wash and go protective style and you can kind of see that their demographic is more textured versus others. And I feel like every salon should at least have somebody there that Mm -hmm. knows thoroughly like how to take care of the textured hair girls. Hey, it's rough out here for (laughs) Okay, so let's go into that. What has been your experience when you're going to get your hair done professionally? I've had good. Mm -hmm. Tell us the good and then tell us the not so good. I had a horrible time one time. Um, My experience getting my hair done, um, I've always been natural my entire life. Um, So, of course, it's a little bit harder to straighten or get a silk press out of my hair. It's going to take a long time to do it. Um, So, my experience, I know that I'm going to be there for hours. So, that's expected. Um, I've had like this one lady, she used to do my hair for like all throughout like elementary. Mm-hmm. She used to wash, she used to steam, mm-hmm. she used to put my hair in the curlers, put me under the dryer, mm-hmm. take me out from under the dryer, brush it out, and then if needed, like put like a flat iron to it. But very rare needed. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to find people that could do that. Could do that. Mm-hmm. Like could straighten your hair and get it silky without putting, you know like a hot tool yeah so that was one of like the great experience i love her though yeah. i don't know where she got though but <laughs> she see that she can call me <laughs> you call me girl <laughs> i'm always that not too good experience <sighs> love my dominicans i love you guys for life but i've had a horrible experience at one salon where she was really trying to you know blow dry my hair straight after she the whole washing process, everything was perfect until we got down to blow drying. Um, she was blow drying my hair and she didn't really detangle it enough after washing it to just like go in and just start blow drying. And I guess at some point she got to like the center of my hair and she takes like the, she had a round brush. She takes the round brush and it's like blow drying it and all I hair snapped. So then I'm like, okay, like, is everything all right? She's like, yeah, everything's okay, mommy. Like, but I mean, so I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, maybe she took, like, you know, not out. I go home, I'm feeling where she did that little yank, and I had a patch in my head. She burns a patch of oh. my hair off. And she didn't say anything. She did not say anything, and the patch was probably like this big. It was a big patch. Yeah. And it's right there in the center of your hair, so it's like, what I'm gonna wear ponytails all day. Like, yeah, I could lay it down by like pushing my hair because it's straight. Yeah, yeah. But when it's curly, you could not. It's gonna stand up for sure. 
Yeah, and then that started like my 100% natural journey. Mm -hmm. Like I probably waited probably like six months to like let it grow out mm -hmm. with the rest of my hair. And I chopped all my hair off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I chopped all my hair off after that. What made you decide to chop it off? Was it that experience? No, it was around prom time. And you know, prom is just stressful in <laughs> itself. I was not having a great prom experience. Had a nice manic episode and had a Britney Spears moment and went in the bathroom and cut all my hair off the day before prom. What? Be like me. What? <laughs> Be like me. Yeah. Why did you cut all your hair I was so stressed. I felt like there was nothing. I was just in the bathroom and I just saw some scissors and I was like, you know what? Like, to hell with this. What and with like snip, 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 cut all my hair off. What did your mom do? She was surprised. She was surprised. We were all surprised. But I had a hair appointment within hours after that. To so do what? It was prom, so I was getting my hair done. So we did extensions. You did all Yeah. Done. And my hair done. So I didn't really have to walk around looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, so prom happened, then what? I'm curious. Okay, prom happened, and then I took the, the weave I had in my hair off and got some braids, and I just let my hair grow. No idea. Yeah, I was not gonna be caught dead with that short fro. <laughs> Y'all was not gonna catch me in these streets with that fro. I was gonna wear a bonnet <laughs> if I couldn't get my hair done. It was not gonna happen. Oh but then that really made me want to, you know, like really figure out how do I take care of my real hair. Now my hair is like completely natural. Virgin hair mm -hmm. is what we like to call it. It's completely virgin. Mm -hmm. No products, haven't been flat ironed, blow dried, nothing. Just straight hair, yeah. curls. Yeah. And I still didn't know what to do with it. Right. And then I ended up leaving shortly after to go to Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know no hairstylist up there at all. So now it's like, okay. I could do my hair like in ponytails. Like my hair had got long enough for me to like slick it back in a ponytail yeah. or whatever. But I still didn't know what to use on my hair yeah. to like make it curly other yeah. than like leave in conditioner. Yeah. So yeah, it's just uh, stress. <laughs> That's what stress do to you. And I know that a lot of listeners can literally identify with your story because yeah. when somebody sits in my chair for the first time, it's a very similar situation. Not that they cut their hair off, <laughs> but in terms of just trying to find something that works for their hair, texture and moisturizing, and then, oh my God, you relocated. That's a whole other. Trying to find a hairstylist is no joke. Yeah. It was not fun at all. At all. And then the, the weather in Tallahassee is completely different from than Miami. Yeah. Okay. What is the weather like up there? Okay, in the summertime, it's super hot, mm -hmm. but like it's not like Miami where it's like the city and you have like, you know, everything around you. It's country, mm -hmm. like all year around is trees. Mm -hmm. So Miami, it gets hot and humid, but not really, really humid mm -hmm. up there because there's so much trees. Mm -hmm. It's very humid, like on a super hot day, it's even hotter because of all the trees. It's forest, mm -hmm. kind of looks like yeah. Atlanta a little bit. Yeah. So it's super humid when it's rainy. It's even more hu like humid yeah. and dewy. Like it's just moisture, moisture everywhere, even at nighttime. It yeah. get foggy. Yeah, and we wake up early in the morning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely foggy. Mm -hmm. it was just not good for my hair at all. Yeah, and that's why I thank God for you know protective hairstyles. <laughs> I thank God for protective hairstyles because they saved my life. They saved my life. Thank God for weave too. He created that. <laughs> I believe that conversations foster awareness and awareness gives us the space to desire change, to desire to be transformed. A major part of that is understanding that being supported by somebody else who has been there before where you desire to go who knows what you desire to know 
or whose life's work is a reflection of what you desire to do is going to support you. Textured hair is my life's work. I have created a sacred space for learning, for transferring of the wisdom I have amassed over my career, for moving the goalpost one step forward. Textured Hair Education by Shamilia B is the home of skills, techniques, and knowledge dedicated to the care for the multiverse of textured hair. If you have a desire to learn and to take this step into deeper awareness and harness new skills, then Textured Hair Education is for you. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so as a hair stylist now, and you're in beauty school still almost halfway through, what do you feel like is the ideal experience for your clients? Like, what do you, what do you want them to experience when they come to you? Um, what I always strive for them to experience is, of course, a good time, but like a relatable time. Like, I really like to conversate with all my clients. I really want to get to know like who you are and this is like a safe place. I always want to create a safe place like whether we can talk about what happened yesterday, two weeks ago, like you can just sit down, vent, relax mm -hmm. and just have a great time. And then, you know, probably by the time you're leaving my chair, you feel beautiful. You yeah. feel like a weight has been lifted off of you because we've talked, Yeah, we've gotten into it and that's, and I feel like I want to create that because that's what I look for when I want to get my hair done. Yeah. I don't want to sit in somebody's chair and then just be like completely quiet the entire yeah. time and just like not really enjoy the full experience. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, the rituals or whatever, like, you know, doing the extra massages and stuff. Yeah, that goes a long way, but it's nothing like having an that emotional connection with your client like that is like number one priority so like from the moment that i'm meeting my client yeah. i'm making sure that i'm saying hey how are you today when i'm introducing myself i want to do a handshake because i want you to feel that like this energy. is yeah. good energy like you're okay here mm -hmm. sitting down talking like what are your concerns what yeah. what do you want to do today like yeah. you have any ideas and picking their brain and just really building a rapport because mm -hmm. it really starts from the moment that you meet them Mm -hmm. The moment that you're that you say, "Hey, my name is Kay. Yeah. What is your name? Yeah. How are you doing today?" Absolutely. It starts right there, and that Absolutely. makes everything else flow afterwards. That's amazing. And in terms of services, so you're staying in extensions, doing installations, that type of thing. You're going into cutting, are you going into coloring? What do you want to specialize in? I've actually been. Wrapping my mind up about this. Is it switching? Is it switching? Yes. Mm -hmm. Cutting, I was not always very at cutting because like I get scissor happy. <laughs> no, no, I get I get a little scissor happy. Coloring, we're still trying to figure out <laughs> We're still trying to get the color. She's half in here, guys. Give us some grease. Yeah, give me some time. Yeah. But what I really think that I'm really into is styling. Ultimately, absolutely. I love styling hair. I love creating new curls. I love doing the butterfly braids. Yeah. I love to style somebody's hair. And it's probably like my favorite part of the service is styling the hair. Yeah. So I've been looking into it and I've spoken to, you know, like a few people who says like, hey, like there are stylists who just really just style hair, like wedding events and absolutely. stuff like that. So I'm really trying to teach myself now, like how to do those updos and yeah. how to get more better at styling. Because yeah. I just really like the whole thing of styling and creating like fun, fun looks. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So let's think about big vision. Kay has essentially become who she wants to become in the industry. She's making her money, she's working in the space that she loves, her career is designed, essentially how she wants it to be. What does that look like? Wealthy. Wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> See a lot of wealth. <laughs> a lot of money. She's not playing. But honestly, where I see myself at, 
like probably in the next five years by the grace of god is that like i want to elevate and i really want to become like a celebrity hairstylist mm -hmm. that's really like my end goal mm -hmm. i don't want the fame mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. i just want you know like just to be like the go-to like yeah you know like have you heard of you know k or whatever mm -hmm. like you see that amazing look like yeah. and i want to work with big names yeah so it's like do you want to be known for styling their way? So it's like, who would be an ideal client right now in, if you had to look in the landscape? An ideal client right now, now, basically doing, having the look of what you want to do. Like, Rihanna. Rihanna? Okay, nice. What do you like about how she wears her hair and that type of thing I wear? Like, I just like the vibe and the aura she just gives everybody, honestly. Like she, I feel like with her hairstyles, like you can always have fun with her because yeah. she makes fun music. Yeah. You, there's a lot of creative things that you can do with her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then of course with her background, her Caribbean background, yeah. you know, we can always do some fun protective hairstyles. <laughs> we can do some extensions. Like yeah. The, like with her, it's like really nothing that you can't really do with her. Yeah. I feel like she's just a great potential. She player. is, because even like if we look at the progression of her hair, I remember um, she had come up with initially when um, it was like the long, like her hair was long, but it was mm -hmm. long weave and it was like brownish in color. And then when she came with umbrella, it was like the blonde bob. Yeah. It was asymmetrical and she got way more edgy then she transitioned into like i remember the red hair there was a mm -hmm. period of time where she wear straight red hair curly red hair like it was oh amazing that mohawk listen she gave everybody the confidence to wear that mohawk yes wait listen and everybody had this style style too mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody had this stars on their head i know <laughs> then she started to get a little bit more like in terms of she was wearing more browns and like more ulti so i remember that hairstyle and then now i see she's really much incorporating like textured hairstyles which mm -hmm. i am loving because she's like doing fun braids and just like simple hairstyles and it's uh yeah. that is very she always gets <laughs> you know my, my number one pick would have been beyonce but beyonce is in her elegant era there's not really much styling she needs with her hair, yeah. so she's definitely gracing us with her. Hey, if you see yes. us, just call your girls over here. <laughs> <laughs> we ready for you at any time, even if you're in Europe. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're transitioning now. Um, Rihanna is her client. What does your day look like in terms of you and your fullness? What are you doing with Rihanna or with Rihanna or any other client that you have, like in that elevated highest vision that you have for yourself right now? Um, of course, I want to be like I want to be a stylist, but I do hair and style hair. But I also want to have other businesses. I don't just want to just constrict myself to that. Like, so I envision myself having like multiple hair businesses. I don't really think I'll get into hair care mm -hmm. as of now, mm -hmm. um, but I want to at least, you know, like sell hair mm -hmm. and stuff in that yeah. in that way, and like get like a few brand ambassadors. Probably start like clothing too because I like clothing. I feel like fashion and hair is hand in hand together. They're married. Yeah, they're married. Yeah, sure. it's hand in hand. So I want to definitely get into fashion too. So I feel like a in a life of that person probably you know waking up you know making sure you know the businesses are running slowly probably going down there seeing what's what's happening. yeah what's you, you know you can own a business but you gotta be there to look over it yeah i always remind them hey <laughs> i'm still here <laughs> like, don't slap probably check up on them um then depending on whatever client schedule I have, me as me as now as a client, I really don't like taking clients in the morning. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm not a morning person. I just feel like sometimes it's just a little bit too early to talk. <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty, 
and I know you. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you because I feel like the morning time, and especially in this career where we have to serve people mm -hmm. and you have to give up the energy, my morning routine is sacred. Like, don't yeah. get with me because I need to check in with myself. I need to, you know, connect with God. I need to hear some type of sermon. Mm -hmm. I need to, like, Feel and be and then cultivate my energy because we literally have to wake up, get your energy this big mm -hmm. because then to hold clients, they have to, you have to have capacity. Yeah. And it's like, if I don't take care of me and actually get big in my energy, then my day never really goes the way I need it to mm -hmm. go. Like just being able to give people and like, there was a point where I was teaching and I'm telling you, the school was huge so there were something like 100 and something students in in the school and i literally had to every morning think of who was going to be in my class what is the energy that they need what is yeah. the healing style that they need like just take like bring it to my conscious awareness and then at the end of the day i literally had to verbally send people's energy back to them and then yeah. pour my energy back because you were so depleted. Yeah. Just exhausted. So it's like being in a client serving industry and I know restaurant people who work in restaurants have it. I know like mm -hmm. just service industry. If you really want to hold energy, if you really want to be there for your clients, like you literally have to protect yourself. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I hear that. <laughs> yeah. Just the mornings are sacred. Yeah, absolutely. Me personally, I do not take any clients before eleven thirty. Yeah, eleven thirty. No, because yeah. I feel like that gives me enough time to get up, think, prepare myself yeah. for the day I'm about to have. Whether I have two, three clients yeah. or one or two, yeah. I still have mentally prepare myself yeah. for that because when your client walks in, you have to. You feel their energy. Absolutely. And if the energy's off and you have not prepared yourself for that, yeah. things can go left, left. real quick. <laughs> real quick. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm like all the, I'm like really big on people's energy. Um, and once upon a time, I used to do people's hair in the comfort of my home, mm -hmm. and I used to feel like soon as they left like certain people would have like really negative energy and i used to feel that within my home like it just felt so dark mm -hmm. when she was here like i have to burn some sage mm -hmm. and that's never how you want to feel like yeah. you never want to feel like uh, it just gets real touchy yeah. real touchy so i have to really mentally prepare myself yeah. even when i'm going to school yeah we go to school really early yeah and it's still not enough time to mentally prepare <laughs> but you gotta fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's definitely something that I like. Guys, understand that your hairstylist is doing a lot mm -hmm. in terms of, especially like, there was a point in my career where I decided I'm not doing more than three people per day. Like, I do not, like, rarely, unless I'm traveling to another country mm -hmm. and I'm there for, like, a weekend is when I probably push it to, like, seven to ten max, but then I always have an assistant because mm -hmm. I just feel like serving that much people in one day is, like, and I am very conscious about not transferring energy through my clients. Mm -hmm. So I want my, my, my fullest clients and my last clients to have the same neutral experience with me. Mm -hmm. So if my first service doesn't go good, I am not talking to my second client about yeah. Like, I don't transfer energy. So you find that by the end of the day, I would have held everybody's energy, and then I'm now starting to decompress. I feel that so deeply in my body. I started to exercise after those days. Like, I take, especially if I'm traveling, I take two, three days after that trip when I come back. To literally come back to like stasis, you know, because it is just intense with people and yeah. just being client focused and the way I hold people and the love I have for people and the care I have for people. It's just like I genuinely am there. So when I'm with you, mm -hmm. I'm with you, like soaking all of that up. So, <sighs> yes, guys, yeah. be mindful of your hairstylist. Just give them some grace. 
you know, know like it, it definitely gets draining. I was talking to you what like the last time about like really taking a break, but it gets overwhelming because mm -hmm. sometimes I do find myself being more client based, and I'll push myself. Mm -hmm. I'll take probably like four or five clients in a day, knowing that like you know I really don't want to, but I'm just trying to you know hit that goal. Yeah. And then by the end of that, it's like the next day I'm like I never want to do it. I never want to do it. I'm retiring. I. And I don't even have the right to say I'm retired yet. <laughs> like, I'm retired. This is too much. This is just too much. Yeah. But you, yeah, we definitely get tired because yeah, it's like, you have to know capacity. We, we have to be a therapist. We're customer service. Yeah. Like, we're everything in that one while we're behind somebody's yeah. head. Yeah. And it gets draining because then we go through things too. Yeah. And then I feel like this is where, and I'm so happy that we landed here. This is where I feel like people don't understand. Like people talk about the cost or the price of paying your services. And truthfully, unless you're in the hair business, you have no idea how much goes into a service. People think it is just doing a service. Mm -hmm. One, you have to be able to analyze and to know the person's hair. You have to see where they're at and then listen to where they want to go in terms of a hair hole. And then you have to map that entire process. Am I able to do that in one step? Am I able to do that in multiple steps? Then you're, you have to have a fluent conversation yeah. throughout this entire service. Be mindful of the time. And then you're dealing with all of the inconsistencies that we have. We have no idea that it's going to happen. So let's say you're doing a color service on a client and mm -hmm. you did the strand test and you established that you're going to go to, let's say they wanted to go to blonde there, like a brown, but then they had box color on their hair. And it's like, you say, okay, I'm allocating five hours for this service. You give them the quotation. And then it's like, that hair is not lifting beyond what it is it, it was going to do. And then she forgot that on this part of her head, that's where the distract is, but then on this part of her head, she had done something completely mm -hmm. different. So now you are meeting obstacles going along this path, and you have to be able to navigate this without the client even ever knowing that you're having this full experience. Mm -hmm. And it's like a service that was supposed to take you four or five hours is now taking you nine, ten hours. And you know for 100% the price that you quoted is definitely undervalued based on what you just did but any client now has the audacity to ask you um so can i get a discount today or like for me that is what i call dishonoring yeah because it's not it's just fair. about the money it's about the value it's about the experience it's about the entirety of what i was just able to do for you and the type of stylist that i am I educate my clients every step of the way. So I tell them specifically what I'm doing. So on top of you having a service, on top of us getting the goal done, on top of every aspect of me ensuring that you are kept, I'm not telling you everything. So you are leaving my chair knowing exactly what to care for your hair, mm -hmm. knowing the standard of if you decide not to come back to me or you move to a different state or something, you know specifically what to look forward for, right? Mm -hmm. I am honoring you and giving you this amount of value. And then people have like this thought of, okay, well, I feel like this is too expensive. Yeah. Like truthfully, the value that hairstylist gives is, you guys don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know because it's really, really a job that requires you to just keep developing in all areas of your life mm -hmm. just to hold this service together. Yeah. They don't, most clients they don't consider the time yeah. it's going to take for the service in a perfect service maybe four or five hours yeah. you'll probably get out within the fifth hour but that's if yeah. nothing arises yeah. and you have to as hairstylists people are not honest about what they're doing to yeah. their hair you can ask them 20 million questions <laughs> did you put box dye in yeah. your hair did, when did you get this bleach yeah. When did you do this? Yeah. And they'll give you an answer, but then their hair tells you something Absolutely. completely yeah. different, which extends the service, 
they don't think about the products, yeah. how much those products cost, yeah. but it's not cheap to bleach or to color yeah. hair yeah. whatsoever. Then you have to take an accountability, the time it takes to, to style the hair. It's a lot that goes into it, all while having this full-blown conversation yep. for four, five, six, seven, eight hours. Like, it's a lot. Yeah, it's intense. It's, we get more than what's given to yeah, us, I for see. sure. I see. But, and it's, that's the price. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is. And you have to love it. It's yeah. You have to love everything about this mm -hmm. to actually make a successful career out of it. Yeah. You have to. So you're on your way out of beauty school very soon. You're going into your business and building out that vision that we spoke about. What type of support do you feel like you need as a hairstylist? What do you see? What do you need to move to that level? Um, definitely um, more clientele. Mm -hmm. um, what I plan on doing when I graduate is probably traveling to other cities and trying to grab some clientele from everywhere because to make it to that realm that I'm trying to get into, you have to travel. There's influencers, there's celebrities everywhere. They don't just stay in Miami. So you have to travel, you have to get your name out there, you have to brand. So one, one of my main things that I want to focus on leaving school is branding. Yeah, Branding, 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 and putting my face out there more mm -hmm. i'm an extrovert as you should but i'm also an introvert in some cases yeah. so i'll put myself out there but to an extent yeah. and i hold myself back which i need to stop doing i really need to get out there and just like hi my name's Kay. <laughs> good hair <laughs> thank you look at my hair page you know i'm just saying just going over there and just you know like and then i also feel like you know I have to get more consistent on social media. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I'm always lacking on. Yeah. So I'm really gonna focus on branding and my social media presence. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. How do you feel about continuing education? What do you want to take more classes in? What do you feel like you need? Um, I wanna take a few weight classes. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanna take some hair cutting classes. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just about it, yeah. honestly. And probably a braiding course, because mm -hmm. I know how to braid, mm -hmm. but I want to be like, you know, you A1 on braiding. Um, so I really want to just take those three courses, yeah. like really an extensive um, lace course, braiding course, yeah. and a cutting course. Yeah. So that, you know, like I can be able, maybe if like, maybe if I won't, I, I won't want to do very much. Like, I probably won't want anybody in my chair yeah. after this. I really don't know yet. So maybe all I want to do is style the wig. Yeah. So I need to learn how to cook. Yeah. I need to learn how to style. Yeah. I need to just deep dive more. And wig styling is a big part of it because even in terms of like performances and just like people doing shoots and just like a huge part of our industry is in the union styling side of it. So you get your license, you apply to be a part of the union, which is essentially where hairstylists who have to work on sets and like that type of thing, um, they go to and much of your work is in the absence of a client. Mm -hmm. The majority of the work, once your, the client is in their chair, is the install. Yeah. Because the hair was already cut, it was already colored, it was already styled. Mm -hmm. Your finished work is just the install. You're waiting for makeup. It's going on as you're doing this install. And then you literally have, what, 30, 30 minutes to an hour to get that hair on. But it's already set. And then boom, it's light camera action. So there is a, a, a path in our industry for that, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just behind the chair, you know. Yeah. It really does because honestly, I don't envision myself doing hair long term, which is why like, I want to set myself up to have businesses yeah. and other sources of income because I know I personally don't want to be behind the chair yeah. for more than 10 years now. Absolutely, because like even for me, like when I, when I thought about my career, I, like a big part of mine is the, the progression of texture here. 
So I know a big part of why I would have been in conversations and like having conversations like this or like even educating in the classroom or just having like collective discussions. For me, that is a, a, a path in here that I didn't necessarily think existed before I did the decade in my career, you know? Because the amount of information you accumulate and you amass, and then mm -hmm. when you start to hear stories repeating of people's experiences, and then you start to hear the same type of concerns with clients in terms of what is the challenges with their hair, with products, with all of that, you're like, how are we in the same position? <laughs> Nine years, eight years, five years after, we have companies making more natural hair products than mm -hmm. we necessarily need. We have way more hair extensions coming from China. And you telling me that we don't necessarily have a straight plan for persons who want to learn about texture hair to go through. We don't have um, particular products set in like no hairstylist ever sat down and did the matrix so that a client could walk through and say well okay i have this this and this okay ooh, i'm inside mm -hmm. like what what are we doing what what okay yeah they so don't for me, they don't they never sat down and made the blueprint yeah <laughs> so for me like i know like that is that is one of the fundamental parts of my career and i like it's expansive in that regard so you saying you don't want to be behind the chair for longer than 10 years is absolutely fine because truthfully, our skill, and I always say this, is such a gift because we get to see different iterations of that throughout your career. Like even for me as an educator, I taught in a formal school in Trinidad. I taught for a brand of a product line. I taught for a product-based education school and it's like, now I'm going into my own education digital platform and it's like that's just education in here. Mm -hmm. We're not even talking about natural hair. We're not talking about coloring. We're not talking behind each chair. We're not talking it's huge. So just shedding light on, you know, like this is the direction I want to go is amazing that you have that insight. Yeah. Yeah. I think about it a lot as well. Yeah. I really think more about the future, less about the present, because yeah. there's a bigger goal always at the end of this there's always a bigger role for me all right so last thing there's a key coming out of high school she wants to do here she does not know where to go what to do she does she's like i feel like this is what i want to do i'm not too sure what do you tell her like she doesn't know anything no, like she's starting from scratch. She knows that she wants to be in here. She just doesn't know how to do it. She just doesn't know how to approach it. Like, what would you tell her? I would ask further questions. Like, what, what, what type of hair do you want to do? What are you more most interested about? Because I've spoken to girls who are interested about doing hair. Mm -hmm. But they're not really talking about real hair. <laughs> they're talking about I'm interested in learning how to install a layer. Yeah. So you have to ask further questions like what type of hair, and then once you figure out like once you figure out what exact direction they're trying to go into, whether it's with textured hair, fine hair, weaves or whatever, yeah. you kind of like give them advice like going forward. So if I were to meet a girl who said, "Hey, I'm interested in." learning how to install wigs, mm -hmm. I would tell her to take a wig course mm -hmm. before I tell her to go to cosmetology yeah. school because they're not going to teach you that yeah. in cosmetology school. Yeah. You'll still need a license, yeah. but at least look at somebody who knows how to install a wig first and figure out if that's really what you want to do. If somebody were to tell me, hey, I'm interested in, you know, like textured hair, I would recommend you go to an ethnic cosmetology school. Yeah. <laughs> They'll teach you yeah. more about textured hair. If you just want to learn more about fine hair, you can go to cosmetology school mm -hmm. still, but find a salon-based yeah. cosmetology school. Yeah. So you kind of just have to tailor it yeah. to whatever she really wants to do. If she wants to learn about all of, all of it, go to cosmetology school and as well take lace courses yeah. because 
what a lot of girls think is that, hey, I want to learn more about weed, but I'm going to go to cosmetology school. By all means, go ahead. They'll teach you how to probably color a wig. <laughs> well, they won't teach you how to color a wig, but they'll teach you how to color something. Yeah. <laughs> and you can try and scooby knowledge. And then you can transfer the knowledge yeah. to the wig, but don't expect them yeah. to teach you how to put adhesive yeah. and you know how to tailor that lace. Yeah. Go to school. <laughs> Take some courses. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's honestly yeah. what I would recommend. Yeah, absolutely. My gosh, thank you so much for spending time with me here in Here Talk. Guys, this is another episode. Of course, the conversations are ongoing. We love to talk here. Kia, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Guys, look out for the next episode. Bye.